Welcome to Parenting with the Pros and Cons. I am Chincia Filipovsky, a certified positive parenting educator and mother of five-year-old twins. And I'm Dr. Molly. I'm a pediatrician and a speaker on all things parenting. And today we are going to be talking about putting the kids to bed. When they're young, we put them to bed. And when they're older, theoretically, they're supposed to put themselves to bed. And as we all know, that can be a challenge, no matter the age, whether they're toddlers or teenagers. Kids just don't want to go to bed. I know I want to go to bed every single night, but the kids... Wait, does that change as we get older? I know, right. But the kids, they just don't seem to want to go to bed. So we're going to talk about why that is, how we respond, and how we can help our kids or really help ourselves get those kids to go to bed when they need to. So Chitsy, I want to start with you. You've got five-year-old twins. I got to believe that there are times when they don't want to go to bed. So talk a little oh, bit about gosh. that. Talk about what happens. Talk about how you feel about I it. I don't even want to say this out loud because I don't want to jinx ourselves, myself, um, but um, it's going well right now. So Ooh. we go through these cycles and I've really started to see cycles um, as early as, you know, after they were probably about 10 months old. Um, I started to see these cycles of fighting to go to bed and, um, you know, having the twins, I can really see how much of it is also just based on personality and on that child. My two kids, um, they're both very active. They are, you know, quote unquote, boy boys. So during the day, they are just all over the place. But I have very two different kids at night. I have one that is ready for bed. He wants to sleep. He's tired. And if he was left alone, um, he would go to sleep very easily. And then I have the other one who is tired. I can tell he's tired, but he just doesn't. He has a harder time getting himself quiet and he has a harder time calming himself. So we have kind of had to work those things out over the years. And the things that have worked for us have really been, you know, having a routine Uh, We've set up a really kind of strict routine where we've kind of, as time has gone on, talked to them about it and set the routine. So, um, you know, right now it's back to school. So we've also set a very strict time and what time we need to be in bed. And um, the routine begins with them, you know, getting ready for bed and brushing their teeth and getting in bed. And we say prayers and do a book and go say goodnight. And If they don't get to bed um, on time, like they're fooling around with brushing their teeth or they're fooling around just getting dressed for bed, then we might not have time for the book or we might not have time to linger a little bit longer. And those are the things that they enjoy most. So as they get older and understand that it's in their control and it's up to them, they've been more apt to kind of, you know, go to bed and understand that. Um, so that's kind of how we've been handling it, but it is a struggle. It continues to be a struggle. And I can see how as parents, you know, um, it's difficult, uh, cause it's, it's, you know, when your kid's begging you for another sip of water or begging you for another hug or kiss, it's hard to say no to that at night. And it kind of, um, it's, you know, it hurts you a bit until you realize those are all just ways of getting your attention to get to, you know, to stay up a little bit longer. Yeah, boy, I, kids, I they know, know man. They know how to work it. it. They know how to work it. They really it. do. They do. They are smart. They are. And I think whether you're yes. an at-home parent or a working from home parent or a working outside the home parent, 
those tug at your heartstrings, those kids, you know, they're yes. trying to, trying to manipulate, not manipulate in like an evil uh, way, but no, they it's still manipulation. It That's is right. It is. is. Let's yes, face it. Yes. And really yes. the, the truth of the matter is they don't actually care about the fact that it's spending time with you. It's actually just delaying going to bed. You know what I mean? Yes. And so the fact, the idea is they control that. Right. They want that control. Exactly. Control. And I think the more parents can recognize that, especially working parents, because you know, that that guilt we feel sometimes is intense. And these kids, you know, when they're delaying the going to bed and they're like, Mommy or Daddy, please, can't we just read one more story? And then you're like, Oh man, I was at work all day, and here's that's all they want is more time with me. Yes, when yes. in reality, honestly it's not about you it's no, about no. just not wanting but to I go to bed I, I i will say i do think some of it is about us because i do think um the truth is whether or not we as parents want to believe it we have a lot more control over this situation than we think so it goes back to when they're in their infant infant stages in their infant sleep whether or not we let them fall asleep on their own or if we're holding them or if we let them fall asleep on their own or we're crawling into bed with them or those types of things. And I think we set ourselves up for failure by the time they get older and we want them just to go to bed on their own. Oh, I totally um, so. agree with you. Yeah, I do think it's about us in the sense of whether we've been able to set that boundary and hold up that boundary and yes. all of that. I guess I mean on the emotional side yes, that when yes. the kids are pleading with you, pleading with you. It's really not about you in the sense of no. their need. Their their desire isn't really always exactly for you. It's actually to delay bedtime. And so if Absolutely. you can if you can recognize that, disconnect that emotional side of it, it's a lot easier to hold the boundary then and to say, Absolutely. look, I know you don't want to go to bed yet. I really understand and I know it's hard to end the day and go to sleep and you know, but you need your rest and we'll see each other in the morning. I love you. Good night and leave, yes, you know, yes, but when you're yes. feeling those pangs of guilt or feeling those, you know, and, and, and that longing yourself, frankly, to spend more time with your child, Absolutely. that really makes it hard to hold that, hold that limit. And, but it's super important to, and as you point out, Cynthia, which is so true, if you've had practice holding that limit from the early days all along, it it's easier to do as they get older and more capable of expressing this desire to stay up later. And it's a challenge over and over again. It's just when you think, oh, we've got this routine down, we shut the door, you walk and you look at your husband and you're like, yes, they went to bed. The next night becomes a nightmare again. <laughs> it's as if the kids know you know what, we're being too easy on them. So let's try again and start this up. So it's it's a constant up and down these first few years of, of life for sure. Oh, Chance, it's and not it, just the first few years. Having raised I, teenagers, <laughs> I will tell you right now, you give them an inch and they will take a mile. You know, yes. I raised kids, you know, they're, they're adults now. And I actually think it's so much easier when they're younger because they'll. Oh, don't tell me that. No, don't tell it me is. That, Dr. <laughs> it is because the older they get, of course, you need to begin handing over some of that uh, freedom, that that independence to them. That's part of that transition to adulthood. So you know, 
how do you figure out how to do that while still trying to create healthy limits and healthy boundaries for your kid who isn't always going to make those healthy choices? So for sleep, it's really hard. It's hard because the demands of older kids are greater on their time with school and sports and activities and homework and social, you know, stuff they want to do and school starts so early. Um, and then frankly, if you're anything like me, I want to go to bed before, <laughs> before they could right. even possibly go to bed because of all of those demands. So it gets really hard by the time they're teenagers to be the sleep police at that point. And, you know, having hopefully instilled some respect for the idea or value in the idea that sleep is nourishing and has some sort of positive thing attached to it, the kids will ultimately choose to go to sleep and get up and, you know, the whole thing. But it's tough with the teenagers. It is hard. There's a cool factor too, right? I mean, what teenager is going to go to bed by eight o'clock? Well, not cool. it, you it's couldn't possibly anyway, Chintia. Yeah, I'm serious. Correct. You no, can't I possibly. I was just, you know, just uh, talking to my family uh, last week and one of my nieces, she has practice every single day. Um, until about 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night. And on game nights, she doesn't get home until 9.30 or 10. And still has and to do her homework. in high school and still has to do her homework. Right. Hasn't been home, hasn't eaten. Well, she's I mean, probably alone, eaten, you know. But. Well, she's eaten, but not dinner. And so she's eating dinner later. And it's just, um, wow, I feel like where did we as a society make this wrong turn? Because um, that's it's a lot of demands on these teenagers. And it's not... Fair, you know, but I guess it's also a, it's also a learning lesson for them that this this is what life does. Life is not fair to us in those ways, and our jobs or work sometimes do the same thing to us. So it is true um, about that, and I think for my with my kids, um, the challenge I found was that uh, it, they were coming of age at the time when. Uh, connectedness with social media was still in its early stages, right? So mm -hmm. uh, parental controls and, um, you know, turning off the internet at a certain time wasn't quite as um, in vogue, we'll just say, or there wasn't as much information out there uh, about doing all of that. So my kids were uh, frankly, like in the Wild West when it came to that. And sometimes <laughs> I would discover like at one in the morning or whatever, they're still up like doing stuff, I, you know, scrolling social media, whatever they're doing. And I would be floored and I would have to actually extract the device from them at that time mm -hmm. and say, what yes. are you doing? And take it away and say, I know that, you know, you're going to be mad at me, but I've got to set this limit for you and and take away the device. And eventually we had to leave the phone on the counter at a certain time. And but mm -hmm. honestly, that's hard to enforce when you yourself are asleep, you know. So right. It, is, right. it is tough. I don't, you know, necessarily claim to have all the perfect answers here. And I know I do no know that teenage parents of teenagers have done a variety of things. They you know, turning off the internet is not good enough because, of course, the kids all have, uh, you know, um, non-Wi-Fi based devices so they can just, you know, go on the regular mobile service. So that's not a good solution. Some parents do say you have to bring your your um, device into 
the bedroom to a basket in the bed in the per- parent bedroom by mm-hmm. a certain time. And uh, but of course, then that disrupts the parent bedroom, quote unquote. So you got to make sure that you time your your you know family life before you go to bed, quote unquote, <laughs> right. right before the kids go to bed or after the kids go to bed or first thing, you know, whatever. You got to think about right. timing of everything because you don't want to you know be caught and then um or awoken i guess that's the other possibility um but it is this is hard. assuming you get to sleep so i'm I, not even know, talking I, about right sleep, Cynthia. wink wink yeah. okay <laughs> so but you gotta think about all of it and it is hard so as the kids yeah. are getting older and you're trying to hand them the reins of um independence uh it's it, it is tough to to help them value sleep in the ways. And, and I do think that's why starting young, like you are with your kids, like I tried to do with mine, you know, valuing sleep by having those boundaries, setting them up, and then showing them ourselves the that we value it, that, you know, I'm not yes. going to stay up super late, that, that I talk about the fact that, you know, sleep is important to my own recovery every day, and that I, that I need that in order to feel good. And that we can't stay good. in bed till two o'clock in the afternoon you know, to make up for it that, you know, that we have to get up and function so that I understand on the weekends, it's a different story, but that they understand that too. We can't, we can't survive, um, you know, productively in society, unless you have a night job, um, getting up at two o'clock in the afternoon. That's a tough thing to understand. Yeah. It's too, tough for these know? teenagers because their whole, um, circadian rhythms are, are kind of yes, shifted in those ages, yes. um, just naturally shifted. So it is hard. And, and the way their school days and, and after school activities are set up, it's tough. And I know some teenagers even come home from school before they return to whatever they're doing and they take a nap, which undermines their nighttime yes. sleep as well. And it can really become a bit of a mess. So when I'm talking to teenagers who are struggling to fall asleep or stay asleep at night, I really encourage them not to take a nap at all after school. I encourage them to, to really stay awake, use that whatever time they do have be- as their gap time between school and dinner or school and activity. Um, and it's just, is it just because that nap is too late? Because I feel like, no, know, it's in that Europe, there's still an early afternoon nap for about 45 minutes to an hour that adults will sometimes take. And it's refreshing. It's wonderful. In Europe, though, everything, the timing's different. They don't start yes. their days at 730 in the morning at school. Correct. So everything's yeah, different uh, yeah. there. Um, but yeah. I think what's happening is, is that the, the teenagers definitely have a sleep debt. You know, they don't have enough sleep. And so what happens is they come home from school and they'll take an hour and a half long nap. And then it does affect just like it does the three-year-old who's giving up their nap, you know, it affects their ability to fall asleep at night later. So I do encourage uh, kids to not nap for, you know, as, as the, as the strategy to help them fall asleep at night later to get in that sleep habit, and then to try to have a consistent time to fall asleep at night when they're teenagers. That's important. Yeah. I think the consistency is really important. The other thing that I would I would encourage people to try or challenge themselves is, you know, I, you know, Molly, you know, this, I'm, I'm not a good sleeper lately. I'm up often um, throughout the night and I can't fall back asleep. But what I have found the screen time, I know we talk about this a lot and I know that it's a difficult thing, but watching TV or, or looking at your phone 
um, really does make a difference in how um, easily you can fall back asleep. So if I get up in the middle of the night, let's say even three in the morning, if I scold myself to, and make sure that I do not touch my phone, I do end up falling asleep a lot quicker. If I'm up and then I'm starting to look around and decide to start looking at my phone, an hour and a half can go by. And That's all of a sudden, the TikTok hole, Chincia. Well, <laughs> it's not just the TikTok, but exactly. And I'm sure these teens are doing the same thing. It's just the screen, um, you know, the lighting of the screen, it is. the TVs, everything really makes a big difference. So I feel like if we can somehow in all the this world of technology that we live on, if somehow we can encourage our teenagers to take that last 30, 45 minutes before bed without a screen in front of their face, what a difference um, I think their sleep can be. And I know that's so hard to do. It's easier said than done. And I can only imagine as my kids get older, how much more difficult it's going to be. Um, but I do feel like that's just so important. I th- I agree with you. And I think there are other ways kids could um, also help themselves, both young kids and older kids, relax to fall asleep. So in addition to the things you've already talked about, you do with your own kids, reading a book and doing your routine leading up to bed, um, saying prayers, all of that, I think there are ways that we can help kids get into a quiet mind to fall asleep. So whether your kid is five years old or 15 years old, um, helping them learn how to do conscious relaxation, mindfulness, um, kind of a a body scan, um, relaxation is very useful. And there are all kinds of apps that are available um, or YouTube, uh, things that you would just listen to, don't even watch, that you listen to that take you through a guided um, body uh, scan relaxation that really can prepare you mind and body for rest. And that can be very helpful, especially for a kid whose mind is really active at night, who has trouble shutting off their mind to sleep, uh, whether yes. they're young or whether they're old. I know that that is I've a challenge. Doing this. I do this. I, I do this since probably age two, honestly. Oh, wow. One kid, I would whisper into his ear and have him breathe with me. And I would do this very methodical, deep breathing. And so, um, you know, we don't do it every night. We do it when we need to. When he was really in those nights of when the other one was trying to sleep and would literally, because my twins want to sleep in the same room. They want to sleep in the same bed even at this point. They don't want to be separated. So it's difficult because as babies, they can ignore each other a lot better than they can as they're getting older. They can ignore each other once they're sleeping, but to fall asleep is a challenge. So the one that wants to go to sleep sometimes would just start yelling, like literally yelling because he was crying to tell his brother to be quiet (laughs) because he wanted to sleep. So I would go back in the room and I would you know, sit down next to him and just start talking, whispering in his ear and helping him, you know, do those types of things. So now as he's getting older, I still have to occasionally do that, but less often. And sometimes I just remind him, breathe like mommy showed you, breathe like mommy taught you and and relax and calm down. And, um, you know, and we kind of do it that way. And and I'm hoping that as he gets older, you know, I'll introduce some more deep breathing or meditation or whatever we want to call it, um, that we all need to do at some point, you know, in time um, to really learn how to relax. And I'm trying to teach him to do that even in his, this is my kid that is also the one that 
gets upset more, you know, it shows more emotion when he's upset. And so I'm trying to teach him as he's feeling those big emotions to do the same type of thing. And it's, it helps at nighttime too. So I can vouch for this, that even at a young, young age, it is really important to try to teach our kids how to calm down. I love that. Um, I get, I get asked a lot of questions about melatonin and its role in um, falling asleep and staying asleep for kids. And in general, I think that meditation, prayer, routines, um, and having a routine to bedtime, consistent uh, bedtime, for example, and consistent wake up time should all be tried first before moving to melatonin as a sleep aid. Not because melatonin is dangerous, not because it's, you know, evil in any way, but because developing sleep habits that are going to pay off in the long run for a lifetime, I think is, um, is something we show our kids as a tool in their toolkit, Mm -hmm. rather than saying to our kids, you know, you're having sleep problems, we're going to find like a pill solution for them. Uh, If, however, especially kids who have ADHD, for example, where all of those tools um, can only do so much, I think melatonin is a solution worth talking about with your pediatrician to see if it's something worth considering. But I would um, reduce screen time, which we've talked about, introduce the idea of um, a mindfulness body scan meditation, uh, definitely increase routine at bedtime, uh, hold on to the structure of bedtime with boundaries for um, when bedtime exists, remembering that when your kids are resisting bedtime, it's really not about you. It's about them. And uh, mm-hmm. that that will allow you to hold that hold that boundary, still empathizing with them, but holding that boundary. And I think with all of that in mind, regardless of the age of your child, you will end up having more success with bedtime. And and don't forget it. We all feel that challenge. It's not. Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> it's not. You're not alone in it, and it's not a failure. You know, there have been plenty of nights where my husband and I were like, "Oh my gosh, what have we done now? Wrong now?" And it's not. It's just no. kids, kids are kids. kids. Exactly, is, yes. kids are kids. And I think and the idea that we're going to try to um, rate ourselves as parents based on our children's behavior is um, is going to create a real challenge. I think uh, as parents. I, it'll be much more useful for us to to have a measuring stick that is not based on our children's behavior or our children's accomplishments. So our measuring stick should be different because if we're going to rely on our on somebody else, anybody else for that matter, to determine our own sense of success or failure, it's a that's a crapshoot, man. Because yes, yeah. <laughs> because who knows? Well, Talking you know, about getting yourself into a mess, right? Absolutely. Because they're that's yes. out of our hands, yeah. you know, in a lot yeah. of ways. So, uh, well, I think so. Keep keep working at it, and yeah. I think that you know, I think that everyone, this is something that your your kids are trying to learn over time, and and you're learning with them and how to help them deal with it. Exactly. Um, you know, we're we're still as adults, we still have issues going to bed, going to sleep, quieting our minds. So I think as we learn how to do that better for ourselves, we can help teach our children how to do it better for themselves. Um, And I think that's the best thing to do is just learning how to calm our minds. I think that's a huge obstacle for us as people. I agree. And I think keeping those boundaries set, um, remaining 
structured is going to be a real help for our kids at all ages. So, um, and with that, I think we're we're going to wrap this episode up of Parenting yes. with the Pros and Cons. We are so glad you joined us and uh, keep on listening and keep enjoying your kids with all those pros and cons. I'm Dr. Molly. And I'm Chintzia Filipowski. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. 